Warning, the following audio contains strong sports opinions of two very ordinary people with little to no professional sports or sports broadcasting experience. Those looking for facts and reason may be disappointed. None of the following ideas or opinions should be taken seriously. For real, these guys have no clue what they're doing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Bench Pod. Chris, give us an intro. Um, welcome to the Bench Pod. Perfect. That was great. That was perfect. All right. That's continuing the trend of still not having an intro and testing things out. You like that? Yeah, way to put me on the spot there. I was not yeah, ready for that. I didn't give you any time. If anyone's <laughs> listening to this, I literally clicked record and then just demanded that of him with no warning. So welcome to the Bench Pod. Uh, we're going to talk a little NBA today. Just me and Chris. Um, first thing I wanted to bring up, Russell Westbrook has requested to come off the bench. Hopefully this gives him a little less hate. I I kind of feel bad for him. I feel like he gets shit on all the time. Dude, you can't go back and forth on feeling bad for players and hating players. You just do have I hate to stick Russ? to your guns. I don't hate I, him. Oh, I never hate him. hated him. Oh, okay. I never do. I think he can be a little bit of a biatch sometimes. He seems a little cranky on the court. But a little cranky as, guy. As far as a teammate, I kind of like him. I feel like he's always saying the right things, plays hard. I mean, you can hate him, but at least you know he plays hard. And for some players, that's an issue. That's true. Some players on his own team. Some players. We won't name them, but some <laughs> players. No, we would never just name them. Speaking of, well, actually, before we get there, do you think that he actually requested to come off the bench? Or do you think this was, like, bullshit and I they mean, just if, made him? if he wants to be, like, the Russell Westbrook that he's always been, just, you can't, he's not going to have the ball as much if he starts. So I feel like it's, like, a, it's best for him kind of thing. I don't know have the ball he's not gonna touch the ball yeah exactly those, and if, if russ doesn't touch players. the ball he's kind of useless yeah so maybe it, maybe it was like a mutual thing maybe they came to him and were like i mean who knows i think it's just the I, right I hope he just, idea he just for asked. him I like and that. the team yeah he's 35 he's still effective but just not maybe in the way he wants to be with those three other players and it makes sense he still pushes the ball really hard Plays hard, gets you rebounds. He's probably a pain in the ass to play like against if you're not like a freak athlete, even though he's 35, just because he's all over the place. Yeah, but, and he's a psycho. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I'm happy he decided that he wants to come off the bench if it's true. And I hope it works out. But another news, the Clippers got their first win with James Harden. Check that out. They beat the Rockets. They beat the uh, Houston Rockets 106 to 100, and James Harden hit a, you know, it was one of his patented step backs for a four point play to clinch the game. It was actually pretty impressive. Did you see it? I did not. I don't. Yeah. I, no. What the fuck? We're a podcast. You need to do your homework. Uh, I can't watch James Harden. It makes me physically sick. What about mentally? I'm always mentally sick. Oh, perfect. Well, he can't make it any worse then. That's true. Anyway, he got the four-point play against the Rockets, which you might say, so what? It's just the Rockets. Fun fact, the Rockets are top five in defensive rating this season. It's only been like 10 games, 12 games or so, but still impressive. So they're no slouches on defense. They got Jabari Smith, and as much as I hate him, Dylan Brooks can be annoying. 
give people some issues. Tari's and they got a lot of athletic wings. So you know what? Good for them. I don't like James Harden still. He's just weird. But I'm happy they figured it out. I don't like to see players miserable. I like to watch a league where things are fun to watch, not train wrecks. So So you think because they beat the Rockets by six on a step back four point play that they figured it out now? That's my next question. Do you think they figured it out or is this just flash in the pan? I mean, I don't know if it's either. I don't know if it's a flash in the pan. Or I, I, I wouldn't Maybe consider you would it know figuring if you it out. Maybe you would know if you watch the game. But I wouldn't consider it figuring it out if uh, they can only beat the Rockets by six. I mean, it's better than the Bulls, but I don't think that's figuring it out when you have the players that they do. Yeah. I would agree with you. Um, I watched it, and it seemed like they definitely were playing different than the other uh, was it three or four games they played. Um, definitely a lot more spaced out it seems like they kind of are getting a feel for each other's games and like where they like to be on the court and not just congesting one area and especially since it was the first game that Russ came off the bench and that was like noticeably helpful not even because like he was taking them it was just like breaking up their minutes was perfect like it helped so much with the flow of the offense like it's still a lot of 1v1 and it's kind of ugly like in the like after like the first quarter when they're done giving a shit about running sets and they're just like, you know, James Harden's demanding the ball off the rebound and then he just jogs it up the court and then goes one V one or they're just, you know, they're moving a little more, but still a lot of one V one. It's not pretty to watch, but it definitely looked better. And I think having that extra firepower, a guy who's pushed the ball consistently playing super hard off the bench, even if he doesn't play well, that's still nice to have. It tires him out and, He's definitely a lot better than some other bench guys who are out there, so it's just going to be exacerbated how well they do. Yeah, I'll never be on the 76ers uh, train of that this is going to work and that they're doing 76ers? good. 76ers? Sorry, the Clippers. I'll never uh, I'll never just be like, yeah, this team's going to work. Yeah, I still they don't beat, think, I don't know. It doesn't beat seem one like team. it's going to work. That one inexperienced team with a... With Ime Udoka as the coach. So. Yeah, I'm not sold. I never yeah. will be. It's They're still in the honeymoon phase. Something As soon as something goes wrong, it's just going to explode. I agree. And it's going to be a train wreck. Yeah, it's definitely not a good mixing of personalities. I always wanted to wonder, like, what happened with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, like, that second time that they played on the Rockets together. Because this is the third team they've shared. So I just want to know what happened. Like, did they just come to like as friends where they just like, dude, we suck together. Like, <laughs> let's let's move on. Or was it just like a Rockets thing where they're like, we don't want to do this again? Or I, I assume I mean, especially, it was James. Especially a Rockets James Harden. Like, yeah. He always had the ball. So I just feel like they, they really didn't have the play ball. that bad when they were on the Rockets together. And they weren't like amazing or anything, but I think I'm pretty sure they were like five seed or six seed. Want to say and Russ still had a pretty effective season, and so did Harden. I think Russ was like twenty-seven, seven and seven. It was like one of his most efficient seasons, funny enough, from a field goal percentage standpoint. Anyways, I was just curious about that. In other news, somebody other than Curry finally scored twenty plus points on the Warriors. Without reading the script I sent you, can you guess who it was? Um, Jonathan Kaminga. No. But good guess. <laughs> Who was it? 
It was, I don't know actually who got it, but because there's two people in the game that scored it, and I don't know who got it first, but it was Dario Saric with 21, and their first round nice. draft pick, Brandon Podzimski. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but you're probably never going to hear this, Mr. Podzimski. He had 24 off the bench, and Steve Kerr said he's for sure going to be in the rotation going forward. So nice. good for him. Good for him. Good for the young guy. He was the 19th pick, first rounder. But that is still rough to go through like 10 to 12 games. And Chris Paul, I mean, Chris Paul's at a later stage, so I don't really put this on him. But Clay definitely should have a game with 20. Wiggins, what the hell's going on? Like, come on. Talk about a flash in the pan. What do you mean? I mean, he had that one season and then just disappeared for the past two. Clay? No. Andrew oh. Wiggins. Oh, I was like, who are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we, last year he had that weird, I don't even, I didn't even hear exactly what happened, but it was like some personal thing going on where he was like away from the team for like 40 games and they asked Steve Kerr and he didn't really give like a super straight answer about it. So I don't even know what happened, but that is weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if it's personal, then probably never will. Probably he had a good finals but... run. I mean, it's not the first player we've seen do great in the finals and then just or have a good playoff run and then not kind of be that guy. But I think... Yeah, they're a completely different team now, though, so... Yeah, they were definitely hoping that that was, like, he was going to be, like, this anchor on defense going forward because he was great in the Celtics series. Yeah. He was fun to watch. Especially because, like, when he was in high school growing up, his mixtapes were insane. Hoop mixtape. Hoop mixtape. And he was just, like... Yeah, dude, he was going to be like the next Michael Jordan, the next LeBron James. He had yeah. songs about him before he was even in, out of, or into the NBA. He mm-hmm. had that one picture that they put his like, trainer posted. It was like a 45-inch vertical or something crazy. I remember they were all over that guy. And I was a Jabari fan, so I was not having it. Yeah. And then... Turns, uh, turns out neither of them but... were, <laughs> were all-stars. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Wiggins, but Wiggins came successful around career. to it. I mean, not everyone's going to be a, a LeBron or a, that's, that's why they're generational players. I mean, yeah. And I do feel bad because, like, I feel like with him, it was so much like, hey, if you could take this athleticism and teach it, teach him some skill, wow, he'll be like, I'll never forget this. I was watching like ESPN coverage and they're like, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, you know, he's got this bounce and he's got this like stringy long slim frame but he's strong and you know who else had that and the reporter's like who and they're like michael jordan and i'm like oh why would you say that like you're just setting this kid up to fail there's been one player to be to be you know up there with mj or try to beat him and it was kobe and he still didn't reach it like that is just the ballsiest thing to put a player up and say yeah this guy next mj next greatest player of all time just so dumb. I kind of hate that they put these ex- expectations on him because, like, I think back then, like, I was a kid, I was annoyed of it. I'm like, yeah, fuck Andrew Wiggins. But, like, now I realize it's not his fault that people were like, hey, he's going to be the next MJ. He's going to be the next LeBron. And then he just didn't. He's not that player. Yeah. I mean, his team and that he was on was just all a bunch of young, super athletic people who, if they got, became skilled, they'd be incredible. And then they all left yeah. and became skilled. Yeah. It's a big if. I think like in the yeah. NBA, and I know you got to take that chance when you see like an uber athletic guy, but I feel like for a while there in like the 2010s, it was like, take the freak athlete and teach him how to play the right way instead of just taking like the good basketball player, like the smart player, you know, like everyone was high on the athleticism. 
like mm-hmm. a little too high and i'm kind of happy it's swung in the other direction now like we still want the freak athletes but i feel like nowadays they take the guy who makes the right pass or as long as their athleticism isn't like you know like like 40 year old dirk it seems like yeah. the draft picks are more we'll take the skill player um, yeah, but other than European that guys other than that funny enough these these 20 point uh breakthroughs finally because no one had ever scored 20 on the warriors other than curry this season up until this point it came in a loss to the timberwolves actually a loss where i'm sure you've heard draymond green blew his top off and was choking out rudy gobert clay and Jaden mcdaniels got into it and rudy tried to pull clay like out of it and then draymond just i don't know what the hell the cte maybe got to him and he just <laughs> Turned it on. Straight out of left field. Strangling Rudy Gobert, and Rudy's just sitting there. <laughs> None of the Timberwolves are doing shit. I don't understand it, dude. If I was Rudy Gobert, I would feel like absolute shit that none of my teammates, who I thought were like my homies, didn't do shit. They didn't do anything. They just stood there and like were like, hey, hey, don't do that. Like, can you imagine? Like, if we're in a men's league game, if somebody did that to you, I'm not kidding. I don't even like to fight. I would probably just beat the shit out of them. Even if they beat me up, I wouldn't stop. I would go nuts. Like, that's so fucked up. He's literally choking a guy. And you could seriously hurt somebody pulling somebody's neck that hard. And, like, I don't get it, man. Draymond gets away with all this bullshit, and then he only gets five games. <laughs> five games. Five fucking games for choking somebody out. Not Okay, and the worst part is he didn't stop. They tried to stop him. The coaches, the players, the refs, the security, they're all begging him to stop. He's just not stopping. He's just choking out Rudy. And Rudy's just sitting there like, oh, no, help me. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. It's one of the, the crazier things uh, fight-wise that has happened in a, in a while. Um, I feel like a lot of the NBA guys just kind of hate Rudy Gobert ever yeah. since, like, the COVID well, he, thing. He and started then COVID. I feel like a lot Confirmed. of people... He's getting, like, defensive player of the year, but a lot of the people, like, players within the organization just don't think he's, like... Oh, he catches strays all the time. Yeah. I guess they're not strays. He's catching directs. He's catching directs, yep. (laughs) Draymond was sick of the strays, and he he was going for it. Uh, Yeah, I saw somebody's comment, and they're like, that is way too much anger to just be out of one altercation. Like, this is clearly boiled up, where he was just like, fuck it, I got my chance, I'm gonna take it out on him. Yeah. Didn't they, Something had to have happened. That, didn't no he make fun of him for crying? Draymond made fun of Rudy for crying when he was like, he really wanted to win Defense Player of the Year. I think they traded some remarks a couple years ago, but still, dude, I just, I don't know how we got to this point. Like, I like Adam Silver, but what the fuck is this, man? Like, we got from 15 years ago, there was the policy that if you made a closed fist at any point, even if you don't swing, you're ejected from the game. I saw it multiple times with Boogie Cousins. I saw it in the, I remember the Pacers and the Warriors got into it. Roy Hibbert got ejected for it. And now you have a guy who literally is choking somebody out and not stopping. That's the big one. And you give him five games. Also somebody who has kicked Steven Adams in the nuts. Also somebody True. who curb stomped Sabonis in the chest last playoffs. Also True. somebody who kicked LeBron in the nuts and got suspended in the finals. Like, I don't... Also, somebody who punched his teammate, Jordan Poole, in the face in practice and was disciplined by the team. Like, what more do you... I don't understand. Like, what more do you need for the NBA to be like, yeah, this guy just can't be doing this. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of repeat offenses. 
for a five five game suspension. I mean, uh, it was cr- it was crazy. It was a little overkill. <laughs> How long a little overkill. It? <laughs> it's a little overkill. Who'd fucking WWE on Rudy Gobert's French ass? That's yeah, the tower sure coming did. down. Or Stifle Tower, sure whatever they call it. I just don't understand. I think he should have gotten more. And speaking of Jordan Poole and his stupid face, the Wizards suck. They suck yeah, this real is just bad. just a hate episode. I think it is. I think I think we're just going to become the podcast that's mean about everybody and overly critical of everybody. I'm about it. Okay, let's do it. Have you watched any Wizards this year or seen any Wizards this year? I've seen Wizards. I haven't like sat down and watched a game, but I've seen. That's and... good. You don't want to sit down and watch a game. <laughs> Hot yeah. garbage. Yeah. Hot garbage. So it begs it's the crazy question. how much Bradley Beal was carrying that franchise. I can't believe how bad it was, dude. If anyone wanted to doubt that that guy's like a perennial touted all-star, there you go. This team is so bad. Can't believe how bad it is, honestly. I didn't think they were going to be this horrible. Uh, and Jordan Poole, I didn't think this was going to be the turnout of like, hey, I got my own team. I think the worst part about it was, if if anyone listening, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a clip of him on the bench during a timeout and Denny Avija goes up to him and is like, dude, like I was wide open, like swing the ball. And he tells him to chill and he says it's his team. Meanwhile... The head coach is drawing up a play and trying to get him in the huddle. And they're like tapping him on the shoulder. He's just not giving a shit. He's just talking to Denny. And it's his team. Whatever. Another player tries to get him in. An assistant coach. Nothing. Timeout ends. And then he tries to like look back at the clipboard. And he stops. But he's like, wait, what's the play? Like, I just don't get it, man. Yeah, Shot selection seems to have gotten worse. Like, it's just, I don't know who he thinks he is. I've seen a lot of... A lot of like this is my team kind of like when Zach and Jim Boylan would go at it and I've seen a lot of stuff that was that was the worst I've ever seen from like a leadership standpoint saying it's your team you I kind of thought this was going to happen with him like give him any sort of like power I guess and it was going to go to his head because uh, he kind of seemed like that on the Warriors like he kind of seemed like even when he's playing like alongside Steph and stuff, it's like uh, you got yeah, the vibe that he just felt like, like, dude, what are you doing? Like you were, or you're he not just taking felt like that shot. He wasn't like getting enough, I guess. Yeah. Of his own shots. And it's he like, he wanted the shine big time. You're playing, <laughs> you're playing next to the greatest shooter of all time. And you're like sitting there, like looking him off and like yeah. taking shots instead of just swinging one more to the greatest shooter of all time. Who's wide open. Like, but th- that, when I saw that clip of him on the bench and two separate people, there was an assistant coach who tried to get his attention too. Like two separate people. And he pretty much said, fuck you to both of them. Wasn't even like doing something. Was just sitting there. Like he didn't say like, I'm doing, you know, I'm talking to this person. Like, no, he pretty much just said, fuck you. I'm going to stand here and I'm, then I'm going to get the ball and do whatever I want. Like, yeah, what I'm doing is more important. Like, I don't care. So bad. I just and love he's it too. not even playing good. Yeah, I, that's what I mean. Like, he has the balls to say, this is my team. This 2-10 this team is my team. Okay, you, I could get the ball. Like, he's a low-light player at this point, dude. He's shooting 39% from the field, 27.8 from three, and 81 from the free throw. That's not bad. But golly, 
8% from three. What the hell is that, dude? Yeah, that's horrendous. And he's only averaging 15 and a half, two and a half rebounds, 3.7 assists. Hilarious part about this, he said it's my team, right? So he's averaging 15 and a half, two and a half, 3.7. Denny Avija is averaging 13, five and a half, and 3.8 assists. So, so and three he's been there. Yeah, he's been there. He's averaging two less points, but he's shooting 53% from the field, 42% from three, and he has averaging three more rebounds and 0.1 more assists than the point guard. So I don't really know if it's your team. I really don't. And this is the guy who he said, fuck you, this is my team too. Yeah, that's what's hilarious about it. It's crazy. Just, Especially coming from the Warriors, like they're like all I mean, about it makes sense culture, why they kicked them out. Like, one of the uh, Steph Curry's greatest shooter of all time, super unselfish. Like, they're all known to be like that. Steve Kerr, like, it's, maybe Draymond, maybe he deserved to get punched in the face. Yeah, it does beg the question. I was thinking about that. I was like, as much as we don't like Draymond, I don't know if you don't, but I hate him. As much yeah, as I, I don't, don't like I, him, I don't love him. As much as he's kind of an asshole, like, maybe Jordan Poole had it coming. <laughs> maybe, maybe he deserved a little punch in the fucking mouth. Yeah, and He'll Draymond twice. and the Warriors are probably just sitting there watching all this happen like this. Like, thank God. Yeah. Thank God he is gone. There are so... I would understand the struggles, like, if you're going from being, like, you know, the third or fourth guy, like, playing in a system, like, getting shots around Steph and, and Clay and Draymond and in that offense. Like, obviously, shots are going to be easier and you're going to get better looks and you're going to be more efficient in that style and, and not being as, like, the focal point of the offense. I would understand if you go to your own team, now you're the guy, you're getting scouted, everyone's trying to stop you. Like, I understand that. If he was the strug- just the struggles, and he was just like, yeah, you know, blah, 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 whatever, and wasn't being an asshole about it, but the fact that he's struggling this bad and still being an asshole, I get the struggles. I think the struggle should happen if you are now the, the guy or maybe the number two behind any but should maybe the number three because don't forget about kuzma yeah you're you're the guy and people are going to start scouting you and playing and forcing you to your weaknesses and stuff like that so i would i would understand you know shooting percentages dipping and and points dipping for a little while until you figure it out and figure a new way to play in a new uh system and everything but to be to act like this is crazy yeah the combination of playing bad and acting bad is uh it's not good comes off a little toxic and I don't know if he got a contract from the Wizards but shit I would not be acting this way unless I did because you're probably not looking good for a prospect of an extension if you're acting like this what, 12 games in like 12 games he, he's barely been here and he just is like it's my team my team yeah. who says that? I mean that? somebody had to have told him like we want you to be the future of the team. Of course they like, did they wanted to just fucking butter him up yeah and maybe he does turn around no, I mean, early in the f- season who the hell wants to go to dc that yeah. has to be like one of the top five worst places to go if you're an nba player it's not a ni- it's not nice weather there's high crime rates it's not that pretty you probably have to hear a bunch of political bullshit all year because you're in dc that's all yeah. that's going on in the area probably and you suck your franchise sucks like why it's would you ever sucked. want to go there? 
It totally sucked. <laughs> they were good for a brief period of time. They had Wes Unseld in the 60s, and then another brief period of time when they had Beal Wall and Gortat. And that was about it. Even then, I think they won like a playoff series, maybe. Yeah. Either way, I, I did want to ask you, do you think Jordan Poole is actually bad? Or do you think part of it's just adjusting? Or did we did the world just kind of overestimate Jordan Poole? Because I think, for the most part, the general idea was like, oh, this guy could be like a borderline all-star if he was on his own team. Especially with what he did uh, you know, yeah. in that finals run. He really was important for them. But again, like you said, easy to look good when you're playing with a player who probably commands the most like defensive gravity of all time in Steph. He's pulling the entire defense to the to a different side of the court. Your shots, your shot quality is probably great. And you know, you play in one of the best systems for shot quality and ball movement in the league as well. So do you think he's overvalued? Do you think he's actually this bad? Uh I don't I don't know. I think it's too early to tell. I mean you're in a new system in a new place. I don't think the attitude's helping. If he was just like being humble about it and being like, yeah, you know, we're going through a rough patch, then I would feel better about it. But, I mean, he what he did start, like, to blossom and, and turn into what he is now skill-wise when Steph and everybody were out and the Warriors had nobody. That's when he, like, started to kind of come into his own. So I think he's skilled enough. I don't I don't know, man. It's, if it's just attitude and, and adjusting to the system and teams starting to focus on you now, Maybe he figures it out in a little bit. It's it's pretty early in the season, and I don't think he's bad per se. I just think he's going through it right now, and the attitude is not. Do you think the outlook do you think and he, the way he he's leading the team is not helping? Be an all star this year? I don't know. I don't no, know. not this year. Just like, do you think the trajectory? Like, if you say, "Hey, do you think at the peak of his career will Jordan Poole be an all star, like caliber player?" I think he'd have to get a reality check. But I think he could do it. I think he's skilled enough for sure. I mean, he's shown that he can go off in bunches. I mean, he showed he can put up numbers, and he just has to get a reality check. And, like, uh, I, think I don't think he's skilled veteran, enough to, to have this attitude and leadership. And If a veteran punches you in the face, like, what more reality check are you going to get? <laughs> I mean, get, Draymond is a psycho. Punched, we just went through all of his priors. Yeah, so. but you get punched in the face, and then they trade you. <laughs> that that's rough man you really have to not be liked if you get punched in the face and they're like yeah we'll send you elsewhere we really <laughs> want to keep the other guy sorry even though he does shit like this all the time like wow he must really be not that uh good as far as intangibles go i i uh i personally never thought he was like that great i think he was like one of those people who benefited from like the social media generation of people who watch basketball and don't actually like watch the games. They just see the highlights. And, you know, if you clip together anyone's highlights, they can look like an all-star. And I think he got hot in the playoffs. He was important for them, but there's players like that all the time. Like Wiggins, he had a great run. Is he that good all the time? Maybe not. And I I he was an all-star that year. He was. Don't get me started on that. That was one of the worst jokes of an all-star starter I've ever seen in my life. We're not going to talk about that. It's time for another pod. <laughs> Wiggins is a nice guy, but he... Too much yeah, hate. Too much, now we're, we're over-hating. But Jordan Poole, I don't think he's that good. Do I think he's this bad, like the way he's shooting? Probably not, no. No. But in my be. opinion, I think 
his ceiling is like Jordan Clarkson. I honestly think so. Where like and Jordan think that's Clarkson, his ceiling. I really do. I don't. I don't. I think it's Jordan Clarkson with a little more touch at the rim, and that's about it. Because he, I think, from a field general or field general, sorry, court general standpoint, he doesn't really move the ball. He does not have a like the eye for passing like a like I don't know like young players like Lamelo or Lonzo guys like that. I know those are top of the line people for court vision, but he just I think that's like an instinct and it's really hard to teach and he doesn't have it. He doesn't move the ball. He's a ball stopper. It's like if James Harden sucked more than he already does. <laughs> that's Jordan Poole pretty much. He doesn't shoot great at the rim. He has fancy finishes. He's got a decent handle and he can get hot from three, but in reality, he's not that good. But just like Jordan Clarkson, if he's your fourth or fifth guy, or he's coming off the bench, he's a microwave scorer, and it's and it's nice to have. It's another you know punch in your offensive firepower. But you know, I think if, to say his ceiling is Jordan Clarkson is crazy. You think so? I think he's way more skilled than that. Wait, I mean, this I don't is, know about this is the podcast skilled, where we're hating. I don't know if he's if that's his ceiling. I mean, I think he could he could average a good number. Would he ever be the number one on like a championship contending team? I don't think so. I think I he'd have think to be like close. a two or three for sure option, but I think he's like a four or five man. I think he's I barely think he's a starter on a championship bad. team. I really don't. Well, think about it. Like perfect world, right? If you had to put together a realistic championship team, like obviously you're not going to say like Anthony Davis, LeBron, Kawhi. Like if you had to put to like imagine, I guess who won it last year? Nuggets. Okay, take Jamal Murray off and put Jordan Poole there. He's now the two. Do they still win? I don't think they do. Uh, with his he, uh, with the his, <laughs> his recent actions. No. Yeah, he goes up to Jokic. He says, "It's my team. <laughs> Relax." My team. All right. No, I don't. Mm, I don't think they do. I, I mean, they, the Nuggets just as a whole played so good that maybe you could, maybe he could replace <laughs> but that's, Jamal. That's the thing. The fact that you're even considering it and that team absolutely sweeped through the playoffs with like ease. It's got to say something, right? Or, hey, the Lakers. If he's on the Lakers, I guess it's tough because they're two best players. So if he's the two, either him and Anthony Davis or him and LeBron, that team sucks. That's a first-round exit. Yeah, that, sure. team's not, that team's not getting far. That's what I mean. And even take it like, even if we bump up his numbers, like let's say instead of, you know, 15 and three and four, he's averaging 22, four and five. Like that's still really not that good. Like, if you're going to yeah, be but the to two, say he's Jordan Clarkson ceiling, like what's wrong with Jordan Clarkson? Nothing. He's just, he's your first man off the bench and he's great at it, but I think Jordan Poole could, like, if you have a deep team like the Nuggets, he could be your number two guy. If you have the MVP in a deep team, like, he could be your number two, ideally number three, but I don't think he's, like, off the bench. I don't think that's his ceiling. Is he off the bench? Yeah. Is he playing, like, a bench player right now? Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. But I don't think that's it. I think he could be, I think he could average, you know, 20, 24, 25. Think you're hating on my boy Jordan Clarkson? No, I'm not. I think Jordan I'm Clarkson Jordan is myself. one of the best uh, in his position. But I'm saying, I think that, I think that Jordan Poole at his ceiling could be better than that. You think that 
uh, Jordan Clarkson's ceiling is a. You're saying fourth fourth option. Um, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. I feel like he's reached his ceiling already. Yeah. So you think yeah, he's where like he's at guy. now is the best Jordan Poole could ever be? Yes, I do. I really do. So, like Jordan okay. Jordan Clarkson's that guy where he's last year he's twenty points, and it's like kind of that similar thing where it's like a microwave score and he added the three to his game like later on in his career. He really wasn't a big shooter until like 20, 2019. Um, and now he shoots seven and a half attempts a game on 34%, which isn't great, but the volume's there. So like that's why he kind of reminds me of Jordan Poole. He doesn't shoot a ton of free throws. He's crafty. He's a, a rhythm scorer and, you know, like he can light it up randomly. Like you'll watch a game and Jordan Clarkson, like the other day they were playing Phoenix. He had 37. Like, you're like, what? What the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah, I mean, 100%. I think, I don't think, I'm not saying Jordan Clarkson's bad. I just don't see the room for, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't see the room for pool to grow. You know what I mean? Like, what is he going to add that I'm like, wow, your ceiling's much higher? Because, like, the only thing I see out of him is he has, like, when he has it going, like, he's got really good shooting touch off the dribble. It's impressive. It's like, sometimes, like, not effortless, but like, you know, like it seems like he can't miss. And it's like really rare, but when he gets it going, that's what it reminds me of. And like, I've seen that out of Jordan Clarkson, but I've also seen that out of Mo Williams. So, and Terrence Ross and random players who get hot. So like, I'm trying not to give Jordan Poole too much, I guess, like too much credit for being good for one playoff run, which was a very impressive one. Jordan Clarkson has only averaged 20 once in his career. Yes, and it was and he last year. 20.8. Yeah. Correct. So you think that's Jordan Poole is 20 he's a 20 points per game guy. That's the best he could be. I mean, yeah, around there. I don't see him averaging 25. All right, fair I, enough. Cuz cuz I think like you know, like t- like points per game like obviously like 21, 22, 23, 24 like it's like all oh, doesn't really matter. But it's like when you get started getting to 25, 26, 27, I think that's when you're like actually a really good scorer. You know, getting that much better is tough. And yeah, I th- I think his range and how good he, sh- how much, how much better he can shoot um, from deep gives him more options than Jordan Clarkson has. I mean, I think Jordan Clarkson is a good shooter, but I think he's like, you know, most of the time, pretty toes on the line, or he's a he's a driving, like you said, crafty yeah. guy. And I yeah, think the not. fact that Jordan Poole is more of a threat from deep just gives him a little bit more to where he could get up to that like twenty five, maybe a little over twenty five. Yeah, like you see Jordan Poole as like part of a core of your team. I see him as like a piece to a team. Like he's going to be added later to like be like, oh yeah, like we could use a bench guy or we could use a another scorer or be our fifth guy maybe. So you think he could be like an actual like, hey, this guy's part of our future. Like this guy's a, our star. Yeah, I think he could be. I don't think he's going to be a number one on a contending team. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's that good. But I think if you, like I said, if you have a deep team, he could be your number two, or um, or he's like your third, your third guy. Yeah, and that's kind of where I see him. So the only we just the see craziest him a little thing, differently, to, I suppose. Yeah, and the craziest thing to me is like, I I kind of fell under the allure of all of his highlights. I'm like, damn, this guy's really good. 
and then like this year I started thinking I'm like huh like the only time he's actually been good was when he was playing with one of the best teams in the league and one of the greatest players ever in one of the most stable situations in the past like 20 years I'd say it's like the Spurs and then the Warriors as far as like winning stability just great franchise good coaching you have good players around you like he had it all set out perfectly for him and the best he could get in four seasons was 20 points a game which is good but again like it was like a Jordan Clarkson thing he was not super efficient not bad but 20 points a game not a lot of assists four and a half 2.7 rebounds on 34 percent from three like eerily similar he was durable at least but that's what worries me. Like if, if you, if what took your best season and he's young, give him that he's only 24, your best season came when everything was perfect. And now that things aren't perfect, you're falling apart. That yeah, but is at, alarming. At the same time, like scoring 20 on the Warriors as the third or fourth guy is definitely harder than scoring 20 on the Jazz, where it's just like... Yeah, you're getting the opportunity. You're getting shots. I mean... If you're but, you're not getting as many shots, if scoring I think scoring twenty, although it may be easier, I think you have to be more efficient and you really have to uh, make your looks count more than if you were on the Jazz. But that's the thing; he wasn't that efficient. It wasn't bad, but forty three percent from the field and thirty four from three, is just kind of like, eh, you know. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like I would agree if he shot like. 49 or 50% from the field and then like 38 to 39 from three. I'd be like, yeah, wow. He's like making the most of his shots. But I think that was also part of the reason they moved him. Cause he just was a Chuck artist. Like he didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a shit what he was on the Warriors. Like they'd be out there on a game tight game and he's just shooting. Like not even looking, like he said, looking off Steph, looking off clay, like not working through the offense. He's just like, yeah, I deserve this. Like I can take the shot. Yeah. And maybe he's at that Jordan Clarkson spot right now. I'm not saying that he's like better than him already. Yeah, you're I just mean, saying you think I'm he's got somewhere to go. Maybe he has a really tough season and he gets humbled and he shuts up and starts to buy into a system more. And then like maybe two or three years, he, he makes it a, a jump and gets up to that 25 plus range. You but what, I don't Chris? think he's at his ceiling already. And I think he's kind of like... Like you said, I think Jordan Clarkson comparable, but I don't think he's at his prime yet or his ceiling. So I think to say this is kind of where he's at is is crazy for me at least. Time will tell, my friend. Time will tell. Time will tell. Well, some other fun news. I keep saying news. It's not really news. Just something fun that I came across. Uh, I don't know if anyone listening has ever seen Jimmy High Roller on YouTube. Puts out some really good basketball content, some stuff that actually makes you think, and it's um, well presented and fun to watch. But he, I watched one of his videos recently, and he was using this website called Crafted NBA. CraftedNBA.com is this website that compiles all of the stats, kind of like basketball reference, except it's taking like advanced metrics like shot quality, um, three relative three point attempt compared to the to the league average true shooting percentage, offensive load rating, creation rating, passer rating, crafted defensive plus minus, uh, a bunch of interesting stuff. Uh, it, it, when you put somebody in their similarity tool, it will, you know, you can say like what age, what position, what year, what era, and then it'll spit back a offensive match, a defensive match, and an overall match. 
So as you know, I asked you to find three players that were interesting finds, and I did the same. Um, really fun tool to mess around with, especially if you like numbers, and if you don't, you probably just think this is ridiculous, but give me your first guy. No, 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 you go first. You want me to I go first? I want to see if you're going, are you going off overall? What are you going to do? I just like to bring it up, bring them all up, because I think they're all really interesting. So, well, my first person is, me and you have been Jimmy Butler fans since he, you know, since he was in Chicago. And before yes. making the finals, we always said, like, this guy's for real. And I think the sentiment around the league was, like, especially when he called out Fred Hoiberg, if anyone remembers, they were all like, you're not that good. Like, you're not good. Like, what have you done? Like, you can't call out your coach. And he kind of got kicked out of, and he kind of ran out of good faith, especially with the Bulls. People were like, eh, toxic. And then he goes to the Timberwolves. That whole thing happens. The Sixers. Nothing's going well. And then finally he goes somewhere where he's not with shitheads like Ben Simmons and Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> and you see the fact that he is actually the real deal. So though now I think he gets more credit, I do just wanted, I wanted to bring him up. I wanted to see, like, is it legit? Like, how good is Jimmy Butler? Am I overvaluing him? So I took Jimmy Butler, age 33, in his 2022-2023 season. And here's what I got. As far as metrics, he was in the top 96th percentile for true shooting percentage. He was in the 99th percentile for free throw rate. He was in the 99th percentile for creation turnover, which is this takes like how much can you create without turning over the ball. So if you have a high percentile, that means you're really good at creating offense, whether passing or scoring, without turning the ball over. Um, he was in the 91st percentile for the load he can carry, 92 for the creation rating, and his crafted offensive plus minus was a 95 out of 100. So for the comparisons, I was like, wow, that's pretty good. Let's go offense. This one startled me. Would you like to know who number one is? You're supposed to say yes. For his offensive comparison? Offensive comparison. I, I don't know if you'd guess. Okay, I was going to try and guess. Hit me then. No, do it. Player from the 90s. No, a player from... Might be his dad. Might be his dad. Rumor has it. You heard it uh, here first I love on that the Bench Pod. I love that theory too. If you don't know that theory that Michael Jordan... Well, spoiler alert, it's Michael Jordan. Um, If you don't know the theory that Michael Jordan is Jimmy Butler's dad, I implore you to go look that up on YouTube. It's true. 100%. All right. Sidebar over. Um, aside from that, <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't mean to command that. Be like, oh, sidebar over. But anyway, Michael Jordan, that was his closest comparison. There were two ties. They give you the score for the similarity. It was only an 83, so not entirely. But the two players that he was most similar to on offense were a 27-year-old Michael Jordan in 1991 and a 24-year-old Brandon Roy in 2009. Now, if that doesn't tell you that he's a real deal, I don't, I don't know what does. Number three was Tracy McGrady at age 23. And then defense, Trevor Ariza was a 97% match at age 19. Jo Michael Jordan was also a 96% match at age 34, 1998. So older MJ, but still, he was good at defense. And overall, Jimmy Butler closely compared to these two players the most. Kawhi Leonard at an 85 similarity score and Clyde Drexler at an 85 similarity score. And I don't know if 15, 20 years from now, he's going to be remembered like that. And I, I wish he would be. 
No, I don't think he will be either. Especially th since he's been on the Heat and how their their playoff runs and how many times he's broken my heart. Our heart. Uh, I don't think it'll be remembered either, sadly. It's also crazy because what he's doing it with is just absurd. And I know it's it's been said a million times, but like, come on. If I put anyone on that team, I, I'm not kidding. I don't know if any other player in the NBA genuinely could have gotten through the two playoff runs he's gotten through from a health standpoint, from an intangibility standpoint, and from a winning standpoint. I really don't know. Maybe Kawhi would be the only person. That's a question of health. And I'm saying at the time, because obviously if you took a young LeBron James or young Michael Jordan, yeah, no shit, they'd make it there. But I'm talking about at the time, I couldn't think of another player that could carry it like that in the playoffs. It's a different setting. And the level he elevated to was crazy. And that it was happy. I was happy to see these comparisons because it kind of backs up what I thought. Like, okay, he's a real fucking deal. Like the, the top five players he was compared to, and this is just from top to bottom, and they're not perfect matches, but 85 overall scores. Uh, and 84. It's Kawhi Leonard, Clyde Drexler, Tracy McGrady, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. That's some good company. Yeah. And like you said, I love that he just turns it on. Like, That's the coolest thing ever. Uh, they played the Bulls tonight, and you, you, can, you can just watch him turn it on. Like, it's yeah. crazy. Well, especially at like, this stage. Like, he's 34 now. Like he he can't be given it all, and he's got some miles on him, man. <laughs> so oh like, yeah, can't be given it all at all points of he the year. He was following Tibbs around. <laughs> he sure yeah. was, and Tibbs yeah. was happy to play him forty a game. Like, oh, you want to play forty minutes? Guard the best player and dribble the ball the whole game. Yeah, go right ahead. I already ran Luol Dang into the ground. <laughs> How could you not, though? And it's yeah. crazy that he's like offensively, like that's kind of his knock for most people and he's like he's being compared to Tracy he's being compared to like prolific scores the most prolific scores that have ever played yeah and that's like a huge thing that I think is lost today like people don't realize like yes offense is a huge part but like if you are that elite at offense and that elite at defense that's there's two halves of the game so like if you're a great yeah. offensive player and you suck at defense that is like almost not useless but like your value is that much less so just yeah, to see that he's this elite is wild. So I was happy to see that. Are you surprised at all? Um, with the offense, for sure. With the offense, that I didn't think he'd be compared to those people offensively. I mean, I know I he's. Either. I know he's um. Good in the mid range, very good at drawing fouls. I mean, and it is only an eighty-three similarity added. score, but still. I mean, yeah, but you could. You could have you could have picked other people. It's not like yeah. It's not like you jump do down that. the list. I mean, that's just the it's most the comparable. That's, it's not like anyone's in the 90s and they just didn't, you just disregarded it. I don't know. That's prime MJ. That's 27-year-old MJ. It's crazy. Arguably maybe, his prime was later, but still. 27-year-old MJ. knows that's his dad too. Yeah, I think they do. I, I did check that box. I said, please find <laughs> uh, familiar matches within the uh, DNA. And he's not just a stats guy. Like, he has the mentality. He has... He runs people out of the, off the team that don't have the mentality. Like, yeah. I love him. I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Bill Simmons. I don't know. But they said, like, the best way to describe Jimmy is, like, he's just a motherfucker. And I was 100%. Like, and I was like, that is a great way to describe him. Like, he just gives no, sh he takes no shit. 
he fucks with people if they don't like he pokes and prods at people until he knows that they're like the real deal he tests them and he just rips people's heart out in the playoffs like the Milwaukee Bucks and, and the New York Knicks and the Boston Celtics over and over and the stories like that that come out about Kobe about him calling people out it's like oh my god Kobe's Kobe's the Kobe's a fucking legend and he is I'm not saying that he's not yeah. but when when Jimmy does it it's like okay this guy's an asshole he's yeah can't play with him you can't have him on your team blah blah that's, blah that's why i'm happy he made the final twice because it like proved okay like this guy is legit he just didn't have enough help and he happened to run up his first finals he runs up against arguably the second greatest player of all time or maybe to some people the greatest player of all time and then his his second finals he runs into Nikola Jokic, who's probably the best big man since shaq or Tim Duncan, like he's up there, dude. Like he's Definitely. one of the most efficient players in all of basketball history. Yeah, you can't argue it. And that's who you run into. That's like I felt so bad when he made. Oh my god, I hope the Lakers make the finals so that we can get a rematch. And like I think they have a better chance. They just uh, yeah, they, they don't match up well against the Nuggets. I mean, nobody matches well up against them. But anyway, who's who's your player? Who's your first one? Um, my first one. I'm gonna stay on the Heat. Uh, can you tell we like the Heat? <laughs> yeah, I'm becoming more of a Heat fan than I am a Bulls fan uh, day by day. Nobody blames you. Absolutely <laughs> nobody. But uh, I'm going to go Tyler Hero because he's my second favorite player on the Heat. Uh, I thought he'd be like, going into it, I figured like, you know, kind of a Jamal Crawford type of comparison. Yeah. Um, A lot Did of you- offense, a lot of. A lot of uh, creating and and hitting some crazy shots, but like not not there on the defensive end as much. Can you tell me? Um, so did you take like a picture of it? Uh, I have it up. Yeah. Can you say show me what does the age say for the age season? Because I want to know if it took this current season or the last year. Uh, it. I think it took this season. It says age twenty four season. That's yeah, that's this season. Okay, okay, because that changes based my on guess. Two hundred seventy-two minutes played in the twenty twenty-two, twenty twenty-three NBA season. Oh, twenty twenty-two, twenty twenty-three. Yeah, but it says age twenty-four season. I don't know, but it says based on uh twenty twenty. I would assume he played more than two hundred seventy minutes last year, so I'm gonna guess that is from this year. Yeah, maybe that's a typo. Yeah, maybe it is. But either way, that I was just saying because it changes my guess. Do I get any hints of what his match was? Oh, I don't know if you'll get his get his match. His top really? match. Well his his top six people all have the same uh score, kinda. Are we talking offense, defense, or overall? Um offense and overall are all pretty much the same. Okay. I'm gonna go with Brandon Roy or a rookie Luka Doncic. Okay. Uh you are O for two. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Offensively, Jamal Crawford is number four. So offensively, the top six are all uh ninety-three score. Oh man, he's got some good matches. And number five is by far my favorite. <laughs> hey, let me hear him. So the first one's Bogdan. Bogdan or Bojan? Bogdan. I always get this messed up, man. Um, can, can we just quickly Bogdan's the the Hawks? Can we? Oh no, I know. I just can we quickly talk about how weird it is that they have the same exact name other than differing one letter, and they're not related. Yeah, very strange. And Unless, they're both in the well, NBA. 
Yeah, unless like Bojan or Bogdan Bogdanovich is like Michael Smith over in Eastern Europe, <laughs> I I'm a little shocked. I think if it was, we'd see more of it. But yeah, it's, it's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Keep going. Number two, a guy who I would never have thought of, but as soon as I read it, I was like, that is, uh, that is kind of dead on. Damon Stoudemire. Oh, okay. I really like what, that what age one. season did it say? Uh, age 26, uh, 2000 season. Okay. Uh, number three, Eddie House. I don't oh, know I can how. see that a little bit. You think so? Yeah, like prime Eddie House? Or is it like old Eddie House? Yeah, age 27, 2006. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, four is Jamal, who I think I, I kind of thought going in. But five, by far oh, my no. favorite comparison. <laughs> who is it? Kirk Heinrich. Oh, yes. <laughs> captain Kirk. The captain. Yes. Love that reference. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Um, Overall, his actually his overall um, number one is Tyron Lue. Oh. Which is interesting. Number two through um, nine are all, are all the same. Yeah, I found like the offense and defense is like interesting because it gives you like a little peek into like how effective they are at certain parts of the game. But then the overall ones, at least with mine, I'm like, oh yeah, that does kind of seem like them. <laughs> like when I think about it, I don't know about yours, but that's how it was with me. Yeah. Defense is kind of weird. I don't know. It's like people people from the seventy, like Alan Bristow from '78. Oh uh, yes, of course, yeah. Alan Bristow. But Mo Williams is in there at six, which oh, I could Mo see. Williams. Corey Maggette's in there somehow, which I would think Corey Maggette was a better defender than Tyler Hero. What age, Corey Maggette, are we talking? Uh, 25. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, yeah see, that's why strange. I was, I was like, making sure to pick last season because I figured this season, like, the metrics are going to be all over the place because, like, they only played 12 games, so it's probably going to be a lot of variability. Because, like, mm. I had certain ones where I put it in and I'm like, this can't be right. Like, there's just no way. Yeah. But, uh... His his offensive loads ninety five percentile, wow. creations ninety six, um, shot quality is eighty seven. I mean, offensively he's he's had a Real crazy deal. start. Yeah, and he's. I feel like he kind of took a little step this year. Yeah, which I'm happy. You know, we like the Heat, and it, it'd be nice to see Jimmy get that next. You know, little buddy take over for him he's 34 you gotta be sunsetting the career of carrying them to the playoffs at least i mean you gotta think this is probably like the last year yeah it ain't get to him yeah. i thought i was worried about this year because i'm like is it gonna go sideways with hero like he saw that they were trading him and i think at one point he removed all the heat stuff so it's crazy that he's that effective yeah i mean he's the lavina of the heat he's in every trade talk except he's not an asshole <laughs> i think lavine's an asshole uh yeah, did you see the video of him tonight? No, Bulls what did he won, do tonight? Bulls won the game. The Bulls PR lady came over to try and get an interview with him, and she he like pushed her away a little bit, like with his arm. Oh no! And then just walked off the court while the rest of the he was the only person to leave the court while the rest of the Bulls were celebrating. So, coach's son syndrome, big time. Actually, that's not even coach's son syndrome. He's just not a good player, not a team player. Yeah, maybe he's like. Maybe he should go no, play I'm Jordan. Not, I'm not going to defend it. I'm not going to defend it after, after going through the two hard Magic losses. Like you got to celebrate this one. Yeah, I want to see him and Jordan Poole play together, just for the content. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
right, right, who's your number two? My number two. I'm going with a player I don't like because I want to know, am I overhating? And and I, and I, do, I will say, on our first podcast, I said this person would be missed by the Grizzlies, so I don't think they're complete ass. I just think he thinks he's better than he is. And it is Dylan Brooks. I wanted to know, is Dylan Brooks really that good at defense like he thinks he is? I know the world doesn't think he is. That's for damn sure. After he said LeBron's, you know, not that special, and then he dropped a 40-piece on his head. Um. So Dylan Brooks, here's what we got. Shot quality, very pedestrian, the 69th percentile. Nice. Uh, Three-point attempts relative to the league, 63 percentile. The one thing I was kind of surprised to see was that his turnover, his creation turnover rating was a 92%. I didn't know he was that uh, statistically that good of a creator. Um, but yeah, as far as either. load was a 69, creation was a 69, nice. Uh... Creation, I already said, portability. That's a, I don't know if you checked the portability rating, but I did think it was interesting. So portability rating is the rating of a player of if you dropped them in with four other random NBA players. It's very complicated how it gets calculated, so I don't think I want to bore anybody explaining that, but just think about that. How well would they play if I drop them on a hypothetical random team of NBA players? His portability was a 34 out of 100, so that ain't great. <laughs> His crafted offensive plus minus was in the 38th percentile. So not very good. Not very good on offense. Now here's where it gets interesting. On defense, his crafted defensive plus minus was in the 90th percentile. So among players in his position, in all years of the NBA, all statistical categories on defense computed here, he was in the 90th percentile. That's pretty good, at least last season. And let me Are you tell you, good things about Dylan Brooks. I don't want to be, dude. I don't want to be. Here's is, my favorite is a part. Hate podcast. What are you doing? Here's my favorite part, though. His <laughs> hot, his offensive match. I was shocked when I read this. I'm like, damn it! It was Vince Carter with an 87 score. What the heck? And wait for it. It was Vince Carter at age 38 years old when oh. he was not good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that made me feel a lot better. I'm like, Ooh, okay, we dodged a bullet there. And then the second match was Kareem Rush, who I don't know who that is. And I'm not ashamed of it because I don't think he was a really... shooter that kind of bounced around the league for a while. He was in okay. the Warriors for a little bit. Well, shit. Or maybe I'm thinking of Brandon Rush. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. This guy played in 2005. So I think I'm thinking hey. of Brandon Rush. Either way, um, so he's most comparable to a 38-year-old Vince Carter on offense and on defense. This is painful. He's most comparable to Jared Dudley at age 33. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't really get the crafted plus minus because that rating is good, but like all the other stats, if you look at it, aren't very good. So pretty much... If you could just mush together a 38-year-old Vince Carter and a 33-year-old Jared Dudley, you got, <laughs> you got yourself Dylan Brooks. And I'm pretty Who happy wouldn't about want it. that? Yeah. But he, I do think those are a little picky and choosy um, with the offense and defense. So the overall ones seem to be way more on par. And this one I kind of agree with. It was a rookie Lou Gwentz Dort. And I was like, okay, I could see that. Like, Lou, Lou Dort wasn't a great shooter when he first came in the league. Now he's got a little bit more of a shooting touch, but he was a solid defender. Now I feel like he's, like, a really good defender. But So rookie Lou Dort was his number one comparison at an 83. Um, second comparison, 
was a 38-year-old Vince Carter overall, and third was a 34-year-old Vince Carter. So he's not very good, and I was happy to report that I wasn't crazy, and neither was anybody else. He's actually just not that good. <laughs> what do you mean, dude? 30-year-old I mean, Vince. I mean, that sounds like a super superstar to me, a 38-year-old Vince mixed with a 33-year-old Jared Dudley. <laughs> Jared Dudley was defensive uh, player of the year every year. Really up there in the voting. Who was your second player? Uh, okay, I did this player just because his numbers and stats are insane. Okay. So his creative turnover percentage, creation turnover percentage is 98th percentile. His Ooh, offensive load, 99th percentile. Um, box creation, 98th percentile. Um, creating open shots for his teammates, and his steal percentage is 99th percentile. Hell, is is this somebody this this like playing right now? Playing right now, his oh top two, uh, offensive comparisons are 22 year old T Mac and 23 year old Vince. Number three is 25 year old Penny Hardaway. And 26-year-old Devin Booker. Can I get a All hint? at 92 and 91. I want to say Luca, but I don't think he's that high in the steals. Yeah, the steals, the steals uh, definitely give it away. Who is it? It's, uh, it's Shea. I was going to say Shea. Shea. <laughs> His number one defensive player comparison is Grant Hill. Age twenty two, uh, Rudy Gay, age twenty five. Those are his oh. top two at ninety five and ninety four, um, comparison score. And this then his overalls: dude. number one, Vince Carter; number two, Kobe; and number three, T Mac. Wee, which yeah. is crazy. And I was somebody who wasn't sold on Shea. Like early on, like I definitely thought he's an all-star, but I was like, you know, I kind of felt like he got MVP chatter last year. And like, I don't know, like he was up there. I think he made all NBA first team last year. And I was like, whoa, whoa, like, I don't know if he's that good. I don't know if he's like with the Stephs and the Dames like right now. And in a season, little microchasm, not in legacy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, after watching, I watched a little more Thunder last year and then a little more the beginning of this year. And I'm sold. He's nuts. He's actually good. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. He's compared to those players because he's really fucking good and he's not he playing is, with really good players either. I think he's just so low key and like yeah, like you said, we the Bulls played them first game this year and like he had thirty five, I think, and I would I didn't even know yeah, that it, he had like twenty. It's like so you just steady. don't realize how yeah. much he's scoring. I think it's because he gets it so like. Don't get me wrong, he's like an isolation score or something, but he gets it. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a really decisive two guard, you know, like there's no wasted dribbles. It doesn't feel like, yeah, like when he gets the ball, it's very decisive. It's like I'm passing, I'm attacking, I'm getting fouled. Like it's, I don't have to wait. Like I hate bringing it up so much, but James Harden, like you watch him and you're like, okay, he's dribbling, he's dribbling, mm-hmm. he's dribbling. It's like the Bobon commercial. He's like, he bounces it, he bounces it, he bounces again. Have you seen that? Bobon thing? Yeah. You didn't see oh. the Bobon State Farm commercial? 
Yes. He's an announcer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> he bounces it. He bounces it again. He bounces it. <laughs> all I can think of is uh, the Bobon Goldfish commercials. Oh, where he puts them all in his hand. He's like, yeah, just give me a handful. <laughs> yeah. Bobon, that'd be a dream, uh, dream guest in the pod. Bobon, Bob- if you ever hear this, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, I thought it was crazy how his top three are like three of like the generational people highlight scores of all time and like i feel like he can for sure like dunk on people and do crazy things but his most impressive stuff is just like crafty strange finishes that look awkward and he always makes them like he's not a flashy score but his numbers and his comparisons make you think that he would be yeah, he's super quick and very controlled. And I think that's like a rare combination because usually when somebody's that quick, like it's very like herky-jerky or like you can like see it, like not flailing, but like, I don't know how to describe it. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, so, like it's so fast you can see their body twerking. And yeah. with him, it just seems like he's in control, but he really is quick. Yeah, it's very strange. Like he, quick first step, and then once he gets by you, he slows down and like, manipulates yeah manipulates his movement and contorts himself in weird weird ways and then has weird release angles on and it it just doesn't look pretty or flashy but it it's so it's the same job done as those flashy guys yeah that is weird that you say now that you bring that up like how flashy those three guys are compared to him yeah that's very weird I think that's part of the reason why maybe some people aren't like, maybe I wasn't sold on him at first either is I, I just didn't pay enough attention. If you don't pay enough attention, you're like, huh, I don't really see it. Like what's yeah. doesn't pass. He's, very the eye low test. Key. He's in OKC, like smaller market. Like if you aren't really paying attention, it's easy to miss, especially with all this kind of like drama. He's so out of drama and all that stuff. So he's yeah, <laughs> easy to look past him. That's cool. All right. You ready for my last player? Hit me. It is Jordan Poole, baby. We're keeping this hate train rolling. Choo-choo. We're having a pool party, and there's a lot of hate involved. So I took Jordan Poole, and I took him instead of... I did him a favor. I didn't take this year, because I don't want to know how bad those comparisons would be. I took last year, when he averaged 20 a game, a full season. Very nice, you know? Did him a favor, and I compared him. And there was one thing I was shocked at. His shot creation rating, what, or shot quality rating, I'm sorry, was 91, the 91st percentile. Now, if I told you that he gets in the 91st percentile of shot quality, wouldn't you be kind of surprised? I feel like he takes a lot of bad shots. Yeah, but like we said, he also like lived in the best basketball ecosystem you could possibly live in. So I could see it. Yeah. I wouldn't guess it, but I could see it now that you say it. And, I, and after looking at it, I guess, so their shot quality like parameter, they, the way that they've designed it is, it, the description is a measure of the shooting ability of a player. So it may not, I took it more like, what is the quality of the shots you're getting at the volume you're at? But I guess it's more of, what's the ability to make the shots that you take? Yeah. So 91st percentile, and I guess that makes more sense to me than shot quality. I guess I should have probably read into that a little more. <laughs> um, some other interesting stats, 91 in load and 92, 92nd percentile in creation, so pretty far up there. Passer rating, 
51, the 51st percentile. So right in the <laughs> middle of the pack, he's not a true point guard. He's so not. that's exactly what I was thinking. And here's something that's a little alarming for a guy that wants to handle the ball this much. 31st percentile in creation turnover rating. He turned the ball over 10.4% of the time. That's terrible. Yeah. One and in every time. The Warriors one in every 10 times movement. you touch the ball, you turn it yeah. over. That's yeah, not great. Ooh, unless it's I'm reading team. that wrong. Yeah, it's his team. It's uh, his team. Crafted offensive plus minus of 48th percentile. That's dog shit. Um, his rating for the crafted offensive plus minus, hilarious. It was a zero. So he, <laughs> he literally is a non-factor <laughs> because his shots are so good, but his turnover and playmaking is so middle of the pack or bad <laughs> that it's just like, okay, in the, in the middle of the pack. Um, defense, his, cra- his defense is bad, man. 13th percentile with steals, 17th percentile in defensive rebounding rate, uh, 19th percentile in personal fouls. And then his crafted defensive plus minus is a minus 1.2, and that is the 21st percentile. So out of all the players that played this position in all of the years in the NBA, he is on the bottom 21% for defense. That is rough. Yeah. However, his offensive uh, comparisons, not, I, I thought, hey, not that bad. The first one was a rookie Chauncey Billups. Okay, huh. so, some things to take into consideration. This was Chauncey Billups' rookie year, number one. Number two, he was traded after he was drafted. He played for both the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors in his rookie year. So that probably provided some instability for him. So his rookie year, I was like, I wonder how good his numbers were, because this is a player that's comparable to Jordan Poole. He averaged 11 points, two rebounds, four assists, and a steal on, get this, 37% from the field, 33% 33% from three and 85% from the line. And with those much smaller stats, he was just as effective or similarly effective as Jordan Poole. And I was like, wow, that kind of shows you like how numbers can be deceiving. Cause like his Jordan Poole's numbers are so much better, but in the end, their metrics were so similar. So that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, another, another player he compared to on offense was, a 29-year-old Latrell Sprewell, which I'm like, hey, I think he had some good seasons averaging 20, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you look at it, and you're like, okay, 29, or 29-year-old Latrell Sprewell, pretty good, okay? He it was 19 points a game, four assists, four rebounds. Not too bad. I will take that. But he only shot 34.6% from three at 44 from the field. It's not fantastic. So like different I was saying... Different time, too. Different time, yeah. Like, there wasn't a lot of pressure on efficiency. And the... The uh, similarity scores were 83 and 82, respectively. So kind of like one of those people where it's like, you're a decent offensive piece. You're pretty, you're pretty good. Pretty good, but not an all-star yet, I wouldn't say. Um, and then the last one on offense was a 23-year-old Zach Levine. And 23-year-old Zach Levine was actually on the Bulls and had a pretty good year. But I think this is more to say how bad... Zach Levine actually was on defense compared to offense <laughs> rather than how good Jordan Poole was because 23-year-old Zach Levine only averaged 23.7. We're not thinking peak Levine was 27 a game. Um, so this was like, I want to say, yeah, it was like that first full season after he tore his ACL because he came back, only played like 20 games, 
Then he had that first full season in Chicago, and it was solid, but, you know, we saw the same things. We're like, hey, this guy's not very good at defense. Good offensive player. But he took that next step. Um, defense, his comparisons. I don't know who this is. Maurice Evans, 32-year-old Maurice Evans. No idea. He played 562 total games, nine years, with the Hawks, the Lakers, the Pistons, the Magic, the Kings, the Wizards, and the Timberwolves. And he wasn't much of a defender, um, so that's a little concerning. He his his, his career Sounds high like for a trend here. Yeah, his career high for steals per game was point six, and his career high for blocks was point one. Never made a defensive team, um, and probably not good that we never heard of him. Uh, second was Rodney Hood. I believe this was post ACL tear, so that's not good either. Not a great uh, look. Not a great look. And then we have Dion Waiters, a guy. Who oh, Jesus. Not a good <laughs> defender. Pretty clueless on the court. Oh, no. Uh, we also had Nick Young in here. So it just wasn't looking good for him. And, and overall, it's pretty funny. Overall, I was like, wow, that's a pretty good person. Reggie Theus, if you know. Was a mm-hmm. two-time All-Star. He was on the All-Rookie team. Played for the Bulls back in the day. I don't sure, remember exactly. Sure. I think it was 1978. He played for the Bulls, but he was really good early in his career. And he had some great years, but what he compared to was not the Reggie Theus you're thinking of. What he compared to, old Vince Carter. Yeah, pretty much. It was a 33-year-old Reggie Theus, who wasn't bad, but he was not the All-Star. That we were thinking of yeah in his heyday he was 24 points a game you know getting lots of free throws efficient and this one he wasn't horribly inefficient but this was the twilight of his career so he compares if you're comparing to a 33 year old overall that's probably not a good thing um and his second overall comparison was randy foy that's not good <laughs> and come on third, man don't, don't a, talk down about randy he was 30, a bull randy was good but he was a bench player he was a role player um, and then we have 33-year-old Jerry Stackhouse. So pretty much, Jordan Poole's a scrub on offense, I mean on defense, and a Chuck artist on offense, but a talented one who turns the ball over a lot. Who's your third? Enough about Jordan Poole. This has been a, <laughs> a Poole podcast. Uh, so my third was a guy who I feel like... Uh, Everyone has been talking about a lot, and I, I haven't really seen him play much. I didn't think he was like insane or anything special. So I looked at uh, his stats just for my own curiosity. So I did Jalen Brunson. Oh, I, I haven't Jaylen seen him play Brunson much. Guy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I play. I've watched him play the most when he was on the Mavericks. I haven't seen him much on the. Yeah, Mavericks. you saw him give it to Rudy Gobert in the playoffs. Yep, I sure did. Wait, 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 you forgot to say Jalen Brunson, fellow Illinoisan from Stevenson High School, who we watched play in high school. That is true, yeah. Uh, who played horribly in the first half and then turned it on and uh, destroyed McHenry in the second half. That's what I was like, oh, so that's the difference of D1 <laughs> players and high school Yeah, first half was like, what? This guy's not even that great. Yeah. Why is, why and then they pissed him off. They clapped in his guy. face. <laughs> they clapped in his face. I'm like, ooh, you done fucked up now. <laughs> That was bad, man. So his best percentiles are creation uh, turnover percentage at 92, 
Load at 96 and box oh, creation wow. uh, at also 96. I would have and then not thought his creation would be that high. That's cool. Offensive crafted plus minus is 92 percentile. Wow. So pretty so high. Big, big positive on offense. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought he was playing well, but I didn't think he was like playing outstanding. Yeah. I mean, I know he's been off to a hot start at the beginning of this season, but anyway, uh, I don't know. I think maybe I took this season's numbers. So this is his uh, comparisons are kind of skewed. But his first one is... Wait, I uh, think I know it. Okay, hit me. I think because I... Well, I, I already looked up for him a couple days oh. ago. Is it Kemba Walker? No. Damn it. Okay, I don't know it. <laughs> it's Brandon Jennings. Oh. 22-year-old Brandon Jennings, which is like... The good Brandon Jennings. Third or fourth season Before on Milwaukee. Before he blew out his Achilles. Um, yeah, it was his highest scoring season on, on the Bucks. So uh, I love Brandon Jennings, especially now that he's like in podcasts and just talking shit. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. But I felt like, I don't know, I feel like Jalen Brunson is more like consistent, but not like crazy like blow you out of the water numbers like not not gonna go off but very consistent and yeah that is interesting yeah, like I reliable i would have thought more yeah i would have thought more of a steady player his his second, was kind of streaky second is victor oladipo which kind of is uh 26 year old which i think is it's all Indiana oladipo um it is uh just after his highest scoring season on indiana so okay. more consistent kind of kind of but more of a more of a i guess score than i i would have i would have compared him to i don't know maybe i maybe i took uh this season so things are kind of skewed but um defense he's just a 90 he's an he's an 80s and 90s defender he's got bj armstrong john oh, paxton and scott skiles <laughs> okay that tracks 98 percent score 98 and 97 so wow highly comparable. those are like twins I know. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and then overall is very very strange, but his number one is twenty six year old Trey Burke. Oh. And then twenty seven year old Reggie Jackson. And then maybe this one I would feel is the most comparable would be twenty two year old Darren Williams. Oh wow. That's so good company. Yeah, and then I looked up his stats this year because I, I know he's been started off hot and he's shooting like 47 percent from three oh on six attempts almost Jesus. seven attempts um and he's averaging 23 and a half with uh his assist dipped a little from last year but it's still early now that's a guy uh, i wouldn't mind saying this is my team yeah when you're shooting 50 so, percent from three on six attempts yeah so i guess I don't know. I guess I gotta watch more Jalen Brunson. I hate watching the Knicks, but he's really and like fun you to said. Watch. We watched him in high school, so it's it's cool to watch somebody that you've kind of seen in person. Yeah, and he's just kind of catapulted himself. Yeah, never spoken a word to him, but I think he's awesome. So, hey, who knows? Yeah. Maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> maybe someday. Maybe we'll uh, we'll go to Stevenson's high school. Like, and... hey, have you heard about the bench pod? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other players for us? That's all I got. What about you? Nope, that's all I got. I'm kind of. I've figured we're running pretty 
long on time, so I just wanted to make sure we got everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm happy we did those uh, those uh, comparisons. Maybe we'll come back to that uh, later in the year. Or eventually, who knows? I, I think it's a really cool website. So craftednba.com. If you want to yeah, try really this for yourself, really fun to look at. And they don't just have um, the similarity tool. They also have like team stats, which is really cool. And then they have like team traits, which you might be thinking, what the hell is that? And it's like a team's collective passer rating or the team's collective shooting rating or the, the each team's best closing lineup, uh, the most versatile lineups. It's, re- it's really interesting. So if you're an NBA nerd and you want more stats, go to craftednba.com. I definitely didn't get paid for this because uh, we are too small to have a sponsor, but they're super cool and you should support them. Yeah, it was really cool. Hold some well, interesting um, names I did not expect to see, like Kirk Heinrich connected to uh, Tyler Hero. <laughs> Makes you think, doesn't it? Makes you think. <laughs> well, that's episode six, right? Episode six. Episode six. Episode six. Thanks for listening. See ya.